What's up, everybody? How you doing out there in the internet wrestling community land and all over the world wide web? It is me. It is me, the big old Stevie C, Steve Castellanova, bringing you another edition of the Heel and Face podcast, a podcast dedicated to news, information, and commentary on the world of professional wrestling, brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. Let me say, this indeed was a very weird, weird week in wrestling, very unique week in wrestling and as one company falls tumbling down a hill like Jack and Jill stumbling for relevancy or possibly even fooling us all and pulling off one of the biggest swerve moves in its entirety another company proves once again why it is the number one Sports entertainment, professional wrestling, promotion in the world. So how you doing, everybody? Once again, it is me. It is me, the big old Stevie C, like I said. And I'm in here with you on this weird day. I know it's a weird day and it's a weird time, but we're living in weird times and we might as well embrace it, right? You know, some people say it's the end of days. Others say it's the Kali Yoga. Others say uh, we're just shaking ourselves off this planet. Like George Carlin said, like a bad case of fleas. But whatever you personally believe, we're here and we're live and we're talking wrestling. On a Labor Day weekend that I hope you enjoyed thoroughly, the reason why I was not on yesterday, and I'll let you know right now, was the reason why that I wasn't on yesterday was to, quite frankly, as you probably saw from my Facebook post uh, yesterday, it was because I'm still recovering from the... Uh, Notre Dame at OSU game. No, not OU. OU is back to their losing ways, so I don't know if I'm going to be paying too much attention to Although they won yesterday. Uh, my alma mater, Ohio University, OU, oh yeah. But uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes in the city where I live, been a football fan my entire life. It's the same amount of time that I've been a pro wrestling fan, by the way. And I watched them. I, I saw the probably the greatest football game, one of the greatest college football games I've ever seen regular season games in my entire life. And I was able to witness that because of a great friend of mine. So shout out to him uh, for getting those great tickets. I was able to take my son to his first tailgate. It was pretty awesome. And I dug it. And so that's why I'm on now on Labor Day on a weird again, weird day, weird time. But I'm here with you guys to talk about the only wrestling that matters. And that is the WWE this weekend. And I know what... Many of you are going to say, again, that I'm a hater and that I'm completely uh, one-sided when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, the WWE and that um, that I hate AEW. Uh, I've made it very clear throughout uh, my career as a podcaster, especially with AEW, is that I really am honestly pulling for them to be good. I really am. And I want to make sure that, uh, you know, that wrestling remains healthy. I'm going to switch out for a second here. That wrestling remains healthy. That wrestling remains something that, you know, can be enjoyed and it doesn't own isn't owned by one monopoly and it's just 
basic guys um, either struggling to make a living or uh, buying mansions. You know, I want all of it. You know, I want everybody to have a job. I want everybody to be employed. I want opportunities for everybody out there who wants to make a living as a pro wrestler. But what I don't want to see, I don't want to be part of is, you know, backfighting people who don't know what they're doing, uh, open challenging of authority, um, basically entitled pro wrestlers who feel like they're trying to save pro wrestling and they're actually making it worse, uh, getting in fights with vice presidents of the company. So I don't really have a whole lot of time for that. And, um, uh, you know, you can say whatever you want to say. I, honest to God, do want uh, the uh, the uh, AEW to flourish. I want it to shine. I want it to be good competition. And the only thing else I'll say on this uh, is that it could be better. It should be better. I think some people there deserve more. And honestly, some people there shouldn't even be in a professional wrestling ring anymore. I know I just said that because after I said I want more opportunities for the boys. But uh, after this fiasco that's happening, um, uh, after what's happening with upper management, after what's happening with your champion, how he's disrespecting the company and disrespecting the people that's in the company, um, I don't think it's long for this world. If Discovery slash Warner Brothers uh, get a hold of this for too much longer, I feel like they're just going to cut their losses and say, thanks, but no thanks. And then we won't see probably pro wrestling on TNT, TBS again for another 20, 25 years. If that, um, so, Um, that's how, you know, that's, that's what's happening. And I'm just, I'm just over it. I'm just over it. Okay. I fixed everything now. Good. Everything's fixed. Hooray. Everything's fixed. Um, that's what happens again when you produce your own shows is how it happens. So we're good. So let's just stop wasting time. Let's just get to what's going to happen. And I'm going to try to just go straight through. I usually take a little bit of a break. I'm just going to go straight through, um, Gave you what update or gave you my opinion of what AEW is happening, what's going on. And, of course, you can look at the crawl just to remind yourself. And if you do have any comments, by the way, if you'd like to comment on the show, if you thought that All Out was good, if you saw things that you liked or want to highlight some things from uh, from All Out, please, by all means, comment below or comment on the show. It doesn't matter if you comment here or on the heel turn wrestling page on here. If you comment, I'll try to come back as quickly as possible and, and respond live. But if you go to the heel turn wrestling page to comment, I'll get to you uh, throughout the week. And that's how it goes. By the way, if you would like to follow me, I'm all over social media, not just on Facebook, although I enjoy being on Facebook, not exclusive to it, but you can definitely join me on all your favorite social media platforms. I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm very opinionated on Twitter. I'm on Minds. I'm on Locals. I'm on all a bunch of places all around the interwebs. And you can find me at Heel and Face Podcast. Or if you enjoy listening to the dulcet tones of my voice while you're 
getting ready for breakfast, while you're getting the kids off to school, while you're driving to work, while you're flying to uh, your uh, next uh, business meeting across the country, put my podcast in. I really appreciate it. And you can listen to it on all your favorite social media audio podcast platforms. I love the fans. I love you guys. I do it mostly. I'm not going to lie. I do this podcast mostly for me, but I also enjoy you being with me on this journey as well. And I'm getting more fans every day and I really appreciate it. Shout out to all the podcasters who are on Twitter. Shout out to all. There's too many to name, but I try to uh, hit them up on the Twitter page and uh, hopefully we have another collab or two coming very soon. I'd like to do that again. That was a lot of fun. So there's a lot of good stuff going on. And uh, please join me for it. And shout out to everybody who podcasts about pro wrestling because we are all super dope. All right. Now that said, I had high hopes for uh, Clash at the Castle. And just like the Joker said to Batman, and you didn't disappoint. There was um, such good stuff. Uh, at uh, with Clash of the Castle that um, I'm really glad, really super glad that I got the opportunity to, to finally watch it. Um, I didn't, as you guys know, watch it live because, uh, you know, I was watching, the, I was biting my nails at, at the Buckeye game. But what the show they put on just went ahead and exceeded all my expectations. Now, it wasn't without fault. It wasn't without problems. As you can see, the first problem kind of was there, Tyson Fury. And I don't want to say problem per se, but uh, the end was a little awkward and cringeworthy. I'm not going to say cringy. I'm not going to say cringy because the word is cringeworthy, just like I am not going to say humbleness. I'm going to say humility because humility and Cringeworthy are actual words, fam. So anyway, let's get right to it, shall we? We shall. Um, I did not watch the uh, pre-show. I didn't watch the Street Profits in Madcap versus Theory and Alpha Academy. Uh, that honestly is just too random for me, and I wasn't really all that interested, so I just didn't check it out. Um, I know Theory uh, had something to do with the rest of the show, so I'll just uh, leave it at that for right now. That's what we call a tease in the biz, but let's talk about the first match which that I watched, which was, uh, I don't know what they're calling themselves now, um, the Disruptors, the Dementors, watch out for the Dementors, everybody, uh, but uh, whatever they're called, it was uh, Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky who I'm probably going to keep calling Io Shirai because the announcers still do, versus Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka. Um, so, I thought this match was, overall, was good. Um, it started off as a banger. It wasn't, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of, like, downtime or lagging in the match. Um, Classic heels versus classic faces. I really didn't think that in the end, uh, the disruptors, the dementors, were going to win. Um, I don't know exactly what they're doing. I know they kind of want to use again because they always use this as a vehicle to finally get 
the two that they want, which is Bailey versus Bianca Belair, probably at the nearest pay-per-view. There's probably going to be another three-on-three Extreme Rules match, which will take us into Survivor Series, which will probably be some type of wonky five-on-five uh, put together with the same teams, which will lead up to either Royal Rumble or WrestleMania with Bailey versus Belair, which I'll take that all day and uh, 20 ways to Sunday. But um, match started off, uh, it had to start off hot. I don't think they were intending it to start off hot because as you guys know, European crowds are a function in unto themselves. They care not whether you want someone to be booed or cheered or whatever. They entertain themselves, not that they're in, not into the match. They're totally into the match. But at times they get a little hijacky, so to speak. I'm using that as a word, which is fine. Again, I'm not complaining about that because they do what they do, and it's pointless to uh, argue with something you can't control. But the match started off with Bailey, and of course, one another thing about European crowds is they never forget. They're like elephants. And they continued to serenade Bailey with uh, that uh, song uh, from the 60s, Be My Girl. Uh, I'm not going to sing it because I don't want to get dinged for another random uh, uh, copyright infringement on my show. So we're going to just move right along. But they did serenade Bailey. And Bailey, uh, very quickly, very nicely, as the lead heel in the match, uh, cut it off real quick by going over and uh, punching Alexa and punching Asuka and, and getting the crowd back into the match. So um, good for her. At least Bailey knows what she's doing heel-wise. Um, does every big women's match, especially a big triple uh, – or I'm sorry, a big three-woman match, does it always have to have a Tower of Power I guess it does. Um, it was fine. Just, I don't know. If you like that sort of thing, I'm just don't want to see it. It's like, it doesn't have to be every match. Um, but they really, uh, really got it going. Dakota Kai showed a lot of great offense firing up, um, on Alexa and on Bianca at one point. Uh, trying to make Bianca look strong by taking a bunch of punishment at the end. Um, but then uh, she was able to grab uh, uh, Kai and the KOD. Um, but then uh, as she was about to do that, uh, Sky came in, ran some interference. And Bailey came from behind and hit uh, Belair with uh, the rose plant. And then after that, Sky comes off with over the moonsault and Bailey gets to pin the Raw Women's Champion, which, again, setting up for a future between the two. Building the story, that's fine. Um, it was a good match anyway, so it didn't take anything away. It really did a good job warming the crowd up. Anytime you see uh, Io Shirai and Bianca Belair doing moonsaults, um, that's a good thing. Um, I think Alexa's now taking this role where she's just having fun. They're just easing her back in as far as um, we're going to feature you, but we don't know where you're going to go. Same thing with Asuka. We're going to feature you in a lot of great matches, but we don't know where you're going to go with your character. Um, 
but gladly, again, uh, Io Shirai and Dakota Sky are going to do the thing that uh, they were supposed to do with Triple H anyway, which is this disruptor thing. So um, good for good for them. Good for them. Uh, the heels get the victory. And good start already hot. And then it just kind of like got an adrenaline shot and steroids after that. Because the next match, um, some people are saying it's up there with FTR versus the Briscoes as the match of the year. Uh, some people have sick perversion of just, I just love to see people smacking the crap out of other people. And I'm not going to say that it doesn't make me uncomfortable watching Gunther, but uh, I love watching Gunther. So it is what it is. He's so fantastic. He's great. Um, this match was, um, as the kids say, an absolute banger. And it wasn't talking about the banging uh, the beats on the ball run. It was basically giant dudes just smacking the bejesus out of each other. Um, they did the same thing in the beginning of the match with uh, the seconds going after each other. And, oh, by the way... Um, I guess uh, Giovanni Vinci has a multiple personality disorder again because he is back with Imperium, at least for tonight. Don't know if that's going to be a thing. Um, I hope he doesn't get stuck with creative, has nothing for you. He should have never have been taken out of Imperium anyway, but, you know, that's just me. What do I know? I'm just a guy talking wrestling in his basement. But let me say um, it was hot, like the two, the seconds going after each other and uh, Butchie McButcherson coming over the top rope and just crashing into everybody and leveling everybody out. And uh, while the two just stood there uh, eyeing each other, not letting up, Gunther versus Sheamus, the stare down. Um, they just started throwing hands, man. They just started like haymakers and blasting each other. And then, of course, um, Gunther just lays in the chops. And they sound like gunshots. And I was really interested to see what uh, those chops sounded like uh, in front of that crowd. That stadium is a little more spread out. They had a little more space than uh, normal uh, stadiums that we're used to seeing, especially American stadiums, uh, a little more packed than than this. But um, my goodness gracious, just I, I just ooh, so cringeworthy yet so good. Um. Not to say that Sheamus didn't get any offense, and actually, Sheamus got some really good offense in, uh, which is going to be a larger point at the end of me talking about Clash. Uh, you know, he had an air raid crash. He pulled out a Celtic cross. He pulled out a lot of moves. Um, Sheamus very rarely goes to that second rope with the uh, knee drop from from the from the buckle, which looked really good. Um, a lot of times when you don't practice a move or don't do a move very much. Um, you get bad at it or you get stale with it or you get off or it just looks bad, you know, because you don't practice. But, I mean, this looked fantastic. And I don't remember the last time Sheamus was manhandled. I'm sure it happened. I don't know. Did he ever face Brock Lesnar or anybody like that? But Sheamus, God bless him, Sheamus can wrestle. Sheamus can wrestle. He's had to play the big, tough, bully, wise-cracking heel for a long time. And he got, by the way, a hero's reception there in Wales. So good for him. Um, Gunther delivered on his promise by hacking 
Sheamus's chest to quote unquote bloody bits. If you were a fan or you follow WWE's social media pages, uh, even Sheamus retweeted a picture of him just with blood pooling on his chest, which already looks bad enough because he's pasty and in, in white. So, but uh, it he just looked terrible um, and uh, it looked great. But they brought all over the place. Sheamus won no punk. Sheamus didn't uh, wither. He didn't fall. He didn't falter. He hulked up a couple of times. He even uh, grabbed Sheamus and tried to wrench his arm. There was some real good wrestling for a while. And uh, the only thing that kind of messed up, I believe, and this is just probably because you're just sweaty and just overhyped, but uh, Sheamus did try to go for a powerbomb on Gunther, but it slipped. And fortunately, Gunther landed the way you're supposed to land. So uh, no injuries to him, unlike as far as uh, uh, Bully's teammate, Ridge Holland, not knowing what to do with throwing big giant dudes. So in the end, Gunther came with the realness, giant uh, clothesline, giant lariat, uh, Japan, Japanese strong style, like Lariat, you know, with those arms that are just massive and look like whips and crash to Sheamus. Even though Sheamus came back, man, Sheamus was this close, came back, boom. Gunther hits him with the Lariat, and then one, two, three. Sheamus gets the standing O from the uh, United Kingdom-friendly crowd at Cardiff, and he deserved it. I mean, I know Sheamus is getting up there in age, um, he's approaching 40. If he's not already 40, he still looks fantastic. He can still go. So I'm not sending him to the glue factory right now. But if he were to retire, even though he did on a WWE exclusive later uh, say that he wanted a rematch on SmackDown for the Intercontinental Belt. But if Sheamus were to have retired or were to retire soon, that is a match that he could hang his hat on and say, yep. I really killed it. I did it for the crowd. I had my best and it just wasn't good enough. And I went out like a man because that was a fantastic match and is also now in the clubhouse for the Heel and Face podcast, Heel and Face Awards as match of the year. And uh, we go from that to, um, I don't want to say a cooler but uh, again, another great psychological match that was more of a banger than I uh, thought it was going to be. Liv Morgan defeated Shayna Baszler to retain her women's championship, and they sold the arm throughout the week. They even had Liv uh, hiding a brace, I think. No, I'm sorry. Uh, she was not hiding a brace. Uh, that was a right arm. But anyway, um, Liv Morgan currently doing a great unused wrestling trope that it just doesn't get used as much as it should be, which is the, uh, the underdog champion. Uh, you only get a very few underdog champions. So you've got to stretch it out as best as you can. And Liv Morgan is a perfect example of one. She's doing a great job, you know, and you know what I mean about an underdog champion, right? I'm sure there's another wrestling lingo, uh, phrase for it, but I'm going to call it again, a wrestler who's always fighting from underneath a champion who keeps winning despite all odds, all the bullies, you know, overcoming triumph, uh, uh, overcoming tragedies and turning them into triumphs. And Liv is great at that right now. Uh, she is definitely holding her own. 
and uh, she used the mat. She used the move that uh, Matt Riddle taught her. WWE put out a post where uh, Liv was working a little bit with Matt Riddle on some MMA, and Matt taught her an escape from the uh, clutch. So that was pretty cool to see, and I like more of that. By the way, I'm all for that. Uh, if we go into the authentic era and we're talking about the hybridization of professional wrestling, then I want to see more wrestlers train with MMA. Uh, I want to see more wrestlers go over to Europe to learn the old Leicester style catch as catch can. I'm just a geek when it comes to that kind of stuff. I like being exposed to different uh, styles and bringing it into your game. So hats off to Liv for learning something and using it actually practically in a match. Um, I wonder if WWE did that on purpose to uh, to, to kind of drum it up or kind of put it in our minds to keep, keep watching this match or whatever, because I certainly was watching for it. So um, really Shayna abused Liv for about eight, nine minutes or so in a extended squash kind of way. Now, if you were to watch this match for the first time, or uh, if this mirror, maybe two years ago, this would have been a squash match to put Shayna Baszler over. It was very much reminiscent of that with one thing wrong or different, which was live as the champ and live ended up winning. But I'm telling you, you know, live is uh, really living up to her, to her game as champion. Uh, she ended up putting Shayna in, the uh, code breaker she pulled out, by the way, uh, an armbar of her own, which she promised that she was going to do. Uh, so the psychology was there. She ended up hitting Baszler with uh, the uh, the code breaker, and then with Oblivion, which didn't really look all that good, but it hit anyway. And Liv gets out of there, champion. I feel a little bit badly for Shayna Baszler. I feel like, you know, her. Days are kind of numbered as well, and I don't want her to be seen as kind of a, a bum. I do. I would like to see Shayna have a, a, a shot or at least be women's champ. I know it's going to be hard with uh, Rousey coming back seemingly any day now, but we'll, we'll see. I just don't want Shayna Baszler to be left out, uh, lost in the sauce, as you kids say. But Liv came out on top, and it was a good match too. It was kind of a cooler, obviously, from the Gunther match, but I don't think steam was lost that much to be brutally honest with you. I think it just kept rolling, rolling, rolling. It was a good match. Um, next kept rolling with the worst kept secret since triple H and Stephanie got married. That's right. Uh, the, uh, edge and Rey Mysterio ended up defeating judgment day. And of course I'll get to the shocking end. Everybody's talking about this. Everybody's talking about this. And I have a little bit of an issue with it, which I'll discuss with you guys. But um, the match itself, again, great match. Uh, if we take a step back and look at it, um, you can kind of see that they were having fun with the match. They just were – I think they were really trying hard not to sell the fact that they hated each other. I think that Finn Balor and uh, – and, uh, Damian Priest were having a great time out there uh, fighting their childhood heroes. You know, I mean, what you don't uh, get often the chance to wrestle rated 619 at a huge pay-per-view. And on top of that, Edge came out with uh, 
some type of dragon mask to honor Ray. For for some reason, uh, I don't know if uh, this was psychological or intentional or whatever, but Edge was putting over Ray with using a lot of his moves. Not saying that, you know, you can't and whatever. I'm not getting into all that. I don't know what the politics of everything are, and I really don't care. I was really entertained by this match. And Edge, brother, he is over like Rover. He's always over. Edge could read the dictionary, and people would cheer for him. And by the way, shout out to Alter Bridge for being the first, and I don't know, this is unofficial. Maybe Uncle Dave can fact check me on this. Maybe Brian Alvarez or somebody out there, Wade Keller, somebody can fact check me, Sean Ross Sapp. Someone can, uh, how many more names can I drop in, in one breath? Uh, maybe somebody out there can fact check me. But shout out to Alter Bridge for being the first uh, band to have entrance music back to back. And I'm not talking about how Motorhead just kept putting out new songs for Triple H, every every new entrance he had. I'm talking about the same band playing two different songs for two different entrances. Of course, one of the greatest entrance songs of all time, or at least the modern era, uh, Metalingus from Alter Bridge. But then Judgment Day's song, which isn't terrible. It starts off dumb, but it once it gets going, it's pretty good. So shout out to Alter Bridge for having uh, two back-to-back uh, entrance songs for wrestlers. Um, it was a fun match. It didn't slow anything down. The, the, it just kept coming. Um, you know, pick on Ray. That's kind of Ray's thing. Pick on Ray, beat on Ray for a while. Um, Edge pulling out the 619 was pretty fun. Uh, Edge again pulling out the Edgematic and the um, Education during the match. Um, dude, say what you will about him because I know, again, I have a rule once you're pushing 40. I don't know if I want to see you or not, but Edge is killing it. Edge Edge probably has resurrected his career somehow. Um, he's definitely found the fountain of youth, and he's really doing a fantastic job. Didn't get blown up at all, just running around like a maniac. Uh, he loves this, so, I mean, why wouldn't you? Near the end of the match, oh, by, yeah, there was a lot of brawling, too. A lot of outside brawling. There was a spot that was kind of funny where um, – uh, Damien Priest was about to deliver South of Heaven, I think, to Ray on the banister. But Ray, you know, did the whole kick out the heel's leg and the heel takes the crotch on the top. So there you go. That was that. Um, I mean, that that was what it was. Um, a lot of um, a lot of good action till the end. Um then Edge ended up hitting Priest with a spear through the ropes. Um, Dominic stood up, and he was a distraction for Rated 619. Edge and Ray, um, when Finn Balor was about to do some evil stuff, hitting a coup de gras, um, he stopped Balor from hitting the coup de gras, which... Ray capitalized with a 619, then a spear, and then the end of Judgment Day. Well, I shouldn't say the end of Judgment Day, but at least the end of the match. Your winners, Edge and Ray Mysterio. But not every win comes with elation. A bittersweet ending, if you will, because at the end of the match... Sometimes with pleasure also comes pain. 
And out of nowhere, Dominic Mysterio kicks Edge right in the crotch, leaves him laying in the ring, picks Edge up, says some choice words to him. A stunned Rey Mysterio can't believe what his son just did. His son kind of looking a little dazed and a little lost, like the moment was too big for him, but recovered and then gave his own father a lariat out of nowhere. Left both wrestlers in the ring, even tore his Mysterio shirt as he walked up the alley. I'm pretty sure the cameraman whispered for him to do that because I have an opinion on that in a minute. Much to the uh, the the uh, laughter of Judgment Day. We're not so sure. Rumors are Dominic has joined Judgment Day, but we won't be able to tell until tomorrow night or tonight on Raw. So we will see what comes of that. So generally speaking about Ray, about Dominic turning, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not so sure how it's going to go. Uh, at, at times, Dominic looks like the rookie of the year, uh, that candidate from last year. And other times he just likes, looks like he's lost. Looks like the, the moment's too big for him. Uh, there was some times where Dominic could have uh, used a lot more emotion. Um, so, cause you either got to go one of two ways with it. You either have to get super fired up that you're enraged and you kind of like, like lose it on edge and on Ray. Or you kind of get mesmerized, like you kind of get singularly uh, like zoned out, like you're in a trance, uh, like Bubba Ray used to. And the reason why you do that is either you show too much emotion or you show like you're empty inside. The rumors are that Dominic Mysterio is going to join Judgment Day tonight. Okay, that's possible. I don't know if they have the guts to go through with it. I don't know how they're going to be able to write it and still keep a TV 14 thing going on. But I feel like Dominic might end up being in a dominatrix relationship on screen with Rhea Ripley. They've been setting it up. Um, She's been mesmerizing Dominic for, for long. And I think uh, just short of putting a gimp mask and a chain around uh, Dom's neck, I think he's pretty much going to be controlled by Rhea Ripley. Now, that could be interesting. If they can keep a T PG uh, TV-14 and they can keep it in a way that might will be appropriate and that's more suggestive than it is uh, specific, then let's see where it goes. I hope it gives Dominic a little bit more personality in that sense because, like I said, you either have to go full rage or you have to kind of get a deer in the headlights. And if he's mesmerized by Rhea Ripley, if he's under her spell or whatever, uh, if he's just kind of a mindless zombie, kind of a gimp situation with her, then at least he's doing the proper emotions for it. Um, they did kind of say that Dominic was confused and blah, 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 but – you know, we'll see. This could actually become something really good, and uh, we'll see how it goes from now on. I just need Dom to be a little more emotionally uh, committed to the role of being a heel. Someone who has gone over the top and completely committed to being a heel is Seth freaking Rollins, and he beat Matt Riddle in a uh, really fun match, although I was shocked 
I didn't. I thought there'd be a little more brutality to it because of the buildup. I think just like uh, the Notre Dame versus Ohio State game, I think the hype coming to the game kind of exceeded what actually happened in the match. But um, let's, let's so let's talk about it. Um, you, we're talking about Roman Reigns being in God mode, right? We're talking about uh, these wrestlers uh, achieving another level. Well, uh, Seth Rollins uh, is above that level. Like, he's farther than everybody else and what everybody else is doing. Seth is just... I don't know. Like he came out in a dragon costume. What do you want me to tell you? <laughs> um, he's just killing it at all stages right now. And all the throwbacks to each other's moves. Um, Seth Rollins getting in Matt Riddle's head. I, I honestly thought it was going to be a little more uh, physically demanding. I thought Riddle was going to, um, you know, put, put more of uh, the work, the business to him, so to speak. But um, but it didn't work out that way. Um, I don't think it was that physical. I think just they just wanted to do the psychology of the match. And, of course, Seth Rollins is operating on a completely different plane than the rest of us when it comes to the psychology. of. I mean, he's just – Seth Rollins is just uh, – I don't know. I don't want to sound too effusive, but um, – he really is, uh, you know, working at a completely different level. Um, the, the match did start off hot. It started off um, kind of uh, the way that, you know, you wanted it to as well. Um, the guys really going after each other. And uh, then it kind of... Uh, I guess Seth Rollins took over as far as the mentality. Yeah, we had a floating bro. Yeah, we had a bunch of other cool stuff that Matt Riddle does. Um, I think Matt Riddle's kind of limited in this psychology. I know that uh, part of the whole interview from Monday Night Raw, where um, Matt Riddle is uh, was was you know cussing and swearing, is probably uh, Seth trying to draw that out, and they let it happen organically and authentically, and that built up to the match. I mean, people were like, what the heck? Now we're really interested in this. This isn't just Matt Riddle versus Seth Rollins. Um, I wonder if there was a gentleman's agreement, because again, the WWE doesn't do stuff like that without proper planning and ahead of time, and I know they built the story that uh, we caught this off-camera uh, during commercial break, during you know Cora Corey, of course, I didn't know this was going to happen. I thought we were done with the interview. I was about ready to hang it up, and then uh, then then Seth Rollins delivers the final blow to get the hype. Because guess what? That's what you're supposed to do. That's what pro wrestling is, man. Right? Pro wrestling is doing what you need to do to get people interested in the match, and that match could have totally been lost, completely lost in this card. And yet we were glued to it because uh, is Matt Riddle going to kill uh, Seth Rollins for real? A lot of great almost finishes, a lot of great, um, uh, you know, comebacks and stuff like that from Matt Riddle. Uh, the best parts, of course, were uh, Seth Rollins. Uh, using Randy Orton's all Randy Orton's moves against Matt Riddle because he knows how much Matt uh, Randy Orton knows to set uh, to to Matt Riddle, including the draping DDT and the fists and all that stuff. But um, 
my goodness, like I said, uh, Seth Rollins is operating on a completely different level. Um, I was a little shocked that Matt Riddle didn't actually get the win because I was saying to myself, you know, Seth Rollins could lose for an entire year, every day, calendar year, 365, and still be a viable competitor for the Universal Championship, which they alluded to that this is Seth's next step, which is to get the Universal Championship, which would be cool if they did. Um, but uh, anyway, oh, yeah, and then Rollins puts – uh, Matt Riddle in the bro Derek. He does a couple of Matt Riddle's moves. So the sole psychology of the match just was was perfect, and that's what they wanted to do. There's no blood feud right now, so to speak. They can save the blood for Extreme Rules. I'm sure that's what they're going to do. They're going to have another match between Riddle and and uh, Rollins at Extreme Rules. I'd be better believe it. But but um, uh, Riddle came at Rollins with the chair. Um, and missed, uh, Rollins came back in, got, uh, uh, got, um, Riddle in, uh, the ring, uh, upside down in the tree of woe, stomped him, and then a double curb stomp just for good measure, uh, and got the one, two, three. So that was that. And, uh, again, great, great match, great psychology, didn't lose anything at all um in the match and um you know um just furthers the story on but not in a way that lost the flow of the pay-per-view everybody uh was doing their thing everybody was killing it and um uh i think it really worked so um good job out of everybody um, okay, so we're getting to the last, um, match of the night of the pay-per-view, which was for the Universal Championship. It was, uh, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre, which, you know... I don't know. Um, if you are a fan of big meaty men slapping meat, then this was the match for you. But if you're not in particular, or if you're just kind of tired of the same wrestlers going at it over and over again, I mean, there's that legit argument. And like I said, it wasn't without its faults, but it's not like this wasn't a banger, though. Like It wasn't not like a great match. It was still a good match. It was actually a lot better. And Roman Reigns was more aggressive than he's been. Uh, they mentioned that. I don't know if I'm uh, if I'm just being manipulated by the commentary of uh, Michael Cole or not, but I feel like Roman Reigns was 100% more aggressive uh, than he has been in the past. Really taking it to Drew, I think... The psychology behind that is I'm on enemy territory. I'm in Drew's hometown. So I'm going to go all out and I'm going to be even more aggressive. I don't have the bloodline here because of traveling issues. And 
they actually wrestled too. So there was a lot of wrestling going on in this match. I know I had, I said the, uh, the WR word wrestling, but it is what it is. And here we are. Um, great stuff out of these guys. They took it to, I think another level. Uh, and I know that they wanted to give drew his flowers because of WrestleMania. And they feel like in the company that he deserved a little bit better than being the uh, COVID champ, which he does, and he will get his shot. It's not like he's 50 and he's retiring or anything. He's, he's still pretty young, and he's still got plenty of time. It's just there's so many more interesting moving pieces for the next two, three years or so with the uh, Universal Championship to try to actually get it off of Roman Reigns that I don't know if Drew's in that space right now, so... Uh, another ref bump from uh, Lil Nate. How many more ref bumps does Lil Nate have left in his bump card? I don't know, but um, you know, it was a it was a good match. It didn't it didn't take anything away from the matches overall. It wasn't my favorite match. It wasn't the, the best match of the night. Uh, it was a lot of hard hitting action uh, all night, but this was not on my radar, uh, so to speak. Well, uh, near the end, after uh, the ref bump, of course, Austin Theory, he's now Austin Theory again, no longer just Theory. So Austin Theory came down with another referee to try to restart the match and uh, get, the, get the money in bank involved. And he was about to cash in with money in the bank. Then a random fan leans over the barricade and knocks Austin Theory completely out. I thought we were very stringent when it comes to fan interaction. I thought we were very serious about the fans staying behind the barrister, but barrister, sorry, banister. But then again, I guess if you're six foot five and undisputed linear heavyweight boxing champion in your hometown, you pretty much do whatever you want to do. So Tyson Fury uh, gave a great, left cross to the dome piece of uh, the Money in the Bank owner, thus knocking him out and invalidating a shot at the belt. But he didn't lose it. He didn't lose the uh, Money in the Bank opportunity. So the match continues. Uh, I would love to see, by the way, Austin Theory file some type of injunction against Tyson Fury, which would lead him into the WWE. Uh, but I don't think he's done with his boxing career yet. But it is what it is. So um, we ended up uh, getting a, a fast and furious last five, uh, two and a half, three minutes, I should say, of the match where uh, exciting finishes. I swear uh, Drew almost won it. Uh, and then uh, as soon as the ref was about to count to three uh, after uh, a series of Glasgow kiss and uh, Claymore to the champion, from out of nowhere, another fan jumps over the barricade and interferes in the match, pulls the referee out, and we find out that it is none other than NXT star, former NXT star, Solo Sokoa, who is getting his call up to be part of the bloodline. That's right. The little brother of the Usos is now on the main roster with the bloodline, and he bailed his... Uh, older cousin Roman Reigns out to help Reigns then uh, beat Drew McIntyre with a spear and then retain 
the Universal Undisputed Championship. Um, as he walked out, Tyson Fury jumps the uh, barricade, comes in, confronts Roman Reigns, a little show of respect between two guys, and Roman bolts as he bolts. Uh, Tyson goes to his fellow country mates, picks him up, dusts him off, and then they partake in a sing-along with the classic Welsh national hymn, American Pie. So, Clash of Clans wasn't perfect. Again, at the end, a little cringeworthy. But nonetheless, overall, a very good pay-per-view. Um, it was well worth the wait and is well worth me catching up to watching it when I could. So um, Triple H putting it out there. Uh, he means business. He's about to take the WWE to a next level. Everybody took uh, a good big step in WWE to the next level this week. Um, and... Uh, who knows? The sky's the limit. They've got interesting stuff. I didn't even mention that Carrie uh, Cross was also at ringside and threw a water bottle at Drew McIntyre. So we're going to get that feud on SmackDown as well, and I'm all for that. So we've got some real exciting things to look forward to in WWE on the main rosters. Now that there's only going to be two brands, and let's talk about how there's only going to be two brands but a rebrand of the third brand, that's, I don't know what it is. I don't have time to figure out how it's going to work in the grand uh, scheme of things. So I'm just going to go ahead and uh, just say uh, out with the old, in with the new. I don't know what is going to come of uh, this rebranding that we're going to get away from NXT altogether and we're going to have basically uh, the uh, rebrand re of NXT UK and it's going to become uh, NXT Europe or WWE Europe. Um, I haven't been following along well enough to be able to give you a accurate framing. So this might completely change. <laughs> and if it does, you'll be one of the first to know just like me. Um, Worlds Collide was last night and... They definitely put on a show for us to remember. If this is the last NXT, like actual NXT, then we're doing okay. We're going to be fine. Um, just like Clash was complete and utter fantasticness from beginning to end, unlike Clash... I don't think there was one thing that wasn't great about it. I think this is, again, NXT gets the opportunity to be uh, 
a a a plus pay per view every time it shines, and it should say something. Really uh, speaks to who's there running it. I know apparently Jeremy Borash had been brought up to SmackDown, uh, although I'm sh his fingerprints looked like they were all over this pay per view as well. And uh, let's go ahead and talk about it then, because enough about behind the scenes, guys. Let's talk about what actually happened in the ring. Uh, first of all, and again, I'm going kind of blind on this. I was, I'm aware of what was been going on in NXT. I'm aware that they're going to merge uh, the promotions, and I just don't want to lose either one. To be honest with you, I know NXT's. 2.0 is down and people are depressed because of the direction that it took. But I really feel like I don't, I don't want, I know NXT UK was really good. I didn't watch enough of it. That's my problem. But if they do want to make it WWE Europe, that's great too. Just, I don't want to get away from the vibe of having a show where young people can showcase separately from Raw and SmackDown. Maybe they'll just make level up a thing and just have level up. Maybe two hour level up instead of a one hour. I don't know. Anyway, let's take a look at the first match. It was Carmelo Hayes and Ricochet for the North American title. They pumped up Ricochet being a former and uh, and North American title owner, the second person to win the belt. And really put the North American title on the map versus Carmelo Hayes. And, uh, you know, you assume that all of these NXT guys were straight up from the Performance Center, but I had to look it up, and Carmelo Hayes actually has been wrestling before. He's not very long, though. He was an involved for a little while. Or prog No, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't remember. It's not Defy. Um, but he was in... Uh, he, was in a, he was wrestling at least two years before... He got snatched up because he just looked like a, a seasoned pro. He looked like a younger version of Ricochet against Ricochet. It was almost like a mirror. You know the Spider-Man meme where they're both pointing at each other? I think this was very similar to that. Um, uh, Carmelo Hayes tried to uh, get the one-upsmanship against Ricochet by displaying all the other former NXT, now Raw and SmackDown superstars that he's defeated, like Pete Dunne and Johnny Gargano and blah, 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 um, just to get the mind games, Tommaso Ciampa, just to get the mind games out of the way. Uh, the one spot that they had where they did the double springboard collision in midair was just fantastic. I don't know what else to say. Like The exchanges that they had, I mean, kind of reminded me a little bit of Will, Will Ospreay versus Ricochet back when... Uh, Ricochet was, you know, in the Indies in Japan and all that. Um, stuff that you would expect. Letting guys go, which is another theme of the Triple H regime, the Triple H era, just letting guys go. Last night at Clash of Champions, guys just were let go to do their thing. And now it's the same thing tonight. Just guys were just doing their thing. Um, just some cool moves, but not to do the moves just to do the moves either. There was psychology behind it. Carmelo Hayes bailed a couple of times. Uh, Trick Williams uh, involved himself twice in the match and twice took something for it. Um, you know, they're not just standing around the ring setting up each other's moves. They were going after each other physically. They were, uh, you know, a lot of striking. There was a slugfest in the middle of the ring at one point. Um, the crowd was way into it. It was a hot 
uh, hot match uh, from the start. In the end, um, uh, he, uh, he Hayes was set up by Ricochet for a uh, shooting uh, star. But Ricochet got hooked in a uh, roll-up of all things. And Carmelo Hayes got the title. And that is what you do with a match like that. Like, I love the quick finish. Uh, not all the time. Sometimes it's stupid. Because sometimes you're just getting out of the match. You just don't know what to do. So you just do a quick roll-up. One, two, three. Because you don't know how else to book it. But a quick roll-up here was perfect. Because it was kind of like, oh, Carmelo Hayes got him. Like, he got him. Um, and, again, kind of, you could do all the flips and all the, the flying around the ring. But if you don't... Uh, defend yourself from the basic wrestling moves, you're going to get got. And that's what happened. But another great match, fantastic match. I hope uh, Ricochet is still able to gain some momentum back on SmackDown and get another belt somehow. Um, maybe he'll stay in NXT. Who knows? But um, just a fantastic match. Good job on the part of those guys to set up a hot, hot evening. Um, now we're getting into match tonight territory again, which is another theme, interesting theme, how... Just like Clash the night previous, this match went harder than it had to be. I mean, this match went harder than Phil Collins did on the Tarzan soundtrack. And it didn't have to. It wasn't necessary. I don't know what they were trying to do. I don't know if that's the vibe they were going for. But, of course, since NXT is more of a um, uh, an indie crowd, it's like WWE's version of an indie scene anyway. These guys just went crazy. They, like, beat the crap out of each other. They just went full ham on everything. Pretty deadly. The Creed brothers, uh, Briggs and Stratton, or uh, Brooks and Dunn, or whatever their name is, and uh, Gallus went after it for the Unified uh, NXT Tag Championship. And they just it started off hot. And they were just beating the bejesus out of each other, and uh, they're going to hurt each other someday. But, you know, they're all in their 20s and 30s, and they feel indestructible, so that's what they do. Um, uh, uh, Brooks Jensen, uh, as we know, Bull Buchanan's uh, son, uh, did a weird half-trust fall, half-cannonball um, off the rope into a kind of a lucha spot with pretty deadly on the floor and Gallus. Um they set up a lot of things with this match, even though the match turned out how it turned out. Uh, there's some things that are going on that are going to be in the future. And uh, if they keep going with the tag teams like this, uh, hopefully they won't screw it up. Well, of course they won't because Vince McMahon's not there. And as we all know, Vince McMahon hates tag teams. But hopefully with Shawn Michaels' guidance and Triple H backing, a lot of these tags are just going uh, to really flourish, especially if they do ever get elevated up to SmackDown or uh, Raw. Um, you know, everybody was going at it. Even Lash, uh, Legend, and Fallon Henley went at it. Uh, Fallon Henley, again, not that interesting to me. Lash, Legend, eh, it's okay. But, uh, you know, in the heat of the moment with everything going on, with the absolute chaos that this was tag match was, was, was all about, was good stuff. Um, 
I'm becoming a real big fan of Pretty Deadly. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. They're they're fantastic, and they're a lot bigger than you would think. Like those are the two biggest Pretty Boys uh, I think I've ever seen in pro wrestling, other than Andre the Giant, of course. Um, so the match, uh, you know, like I said, started off hot, and then they peeled off and kind of did their own thing with each other. Um, uh, th that uh, Julian Creed is vicious. With his throws, he threw somebody, I promise you, uh, they're feeling it still today. Um, I was kind of like, what is this guy doing? He's going to murder somebody in the ring someday. But no, they took it well. Um, there was a Brutus ball from the top rope uh, onto uh, Wolfgang. Uh, it was like a tag team or a tandem move from an electric chair position. Um then, of course, the Lucha spot on the outside, boom, but back in the ring, uh, the Creed's got Wolfgang in um, and uh, hit hit him with a clothesline, one, two, three. Gallus is eliminated. Mm, okay, not a fan of that necessarily, but here we go. So, finally... Uh, Gallus was forced out by the security and the match continued. Um, uh, then uh, pretty deadly paired off uh, with, uh, uh, with Creed and uh, shoot um, Brooks and Jensen. Uh, there was, uh, you know, a lot of hard hitting, just ouchiness. Uh, they were really going hard at each other. Um, at one point there was a really awkward ref bump. It was interesting. It was unique. Um, not saying it's my favorite, but it was weird. Uh, just to get positioning right. Um, Julius Creed pins, uh, Elton Prince, but Elton was really close to the ring rope. And the ref had to slide out of the ring to make the count as, as he was doing that. Gallus comes back in to attack, uh, to, to get uh, feuding with uh, Brooks and Jensen again. And the whole scrum just smushed the ref, and the ref was out. He was out. And I won't blame him. You know, I'd be out if I was smushed by a bunch of massive dudes, too. Um, uh so after that, the big swerve happens with Damon Kemp coming in and uh, helping, um, seemingly in to help uh, Diamond Mine, the Creed brothers, handle business in the ring and get the victory. But he ends up turning on Julius Creed, hitting him in the back with a chair, which then uh, allowed pretty deadly to the victory. So your new unified NXT tag team champions, pretty deadly. Yes, boy. I'm all for that. I love that team. They're really good. And another a match that was really kind of, again, a shame because I knew where it's going uh, for um, Mako Satomura to be in this position at all. Um, it's kind of 
upsetting. They should have given her a, a better match to go out on. I'm not saying she's retiring or anything, but uh, I think she deserved a little bit more respect than, than losing it this way. But Mandy Rose ends up beating her and Blair Davenport in a three-way dance to win the NXT Women's Championship, retain and then become the NXT uh, uh, UK Women's Champion, whatever they're going to do with that to merge them. Um, a good start, double-teaming Mako because both women knew that they couldn't beat her one-on-one. -on -one. Mako turns it around and starts whooping uh, both women. Blair Davenport, by the way, I want to say, i um, very impressed. I've seen very little of her. I know she used to be somebody else, whatever. Um, but uh, I'm very happy uh, to see her. I thought she was really great in the ring. The limited stuff that I've seen of hers, um, I enjoyed thoroughly, and I do want to see her and Mandy Rose go at it. I really do want to see uh, uh, her chase that belt from Mandy Rose. Um, uh, Davenport took uh, Mako out side and slammed her pretty hard outside um uh match kind of uh you know kept going back inside and outside the, the ring um then uh, after a while when davenport was uh was dispatched of rose and sadamora get back into it inside going after it um sadamora dealing uh kicks to both women pretty viciously uh, and uh, Sadamora hit, I think Blair, da Blair Davenport came back in for a pin. Sadamora hit her with the Scorpion Rising kick, but that didn't put her away. Uh, Sadamora tried her best, but in the end, uh, she got stuck with Davenport and Rose came up with the final boss. I'm sorry, not the final boss, came up with the uh, kiss from a rose, which is the super knee, uh, struck both competitors um, and got the pin to earn both belts. So again, a, a good match, but you knew what was going to happen anyway, because you know they want to give the belts to Mandy Rose. Team KC versus Dewdrop and Nikki ASH. I don't know how Dewdrop and Nikki ASH got the chance at these belts. I wasn't paying too much attention, so I really didn't know, but uh, it, it was what it was. Um, I like, again, the underdog champions fighting from underneath, just like Liv Morgan does, or did the previous night anyway, against uh, Shayna Baszler. I like Team KC fighting underneath Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H. Dewdrop pretty much had most of the offense all match, and, you know, makes sense right because uh you know dewdrop is the uh the larger of the uh athletes she's bigger than both of them and uh dewdrop is a fantastic wrestler anyway so uh, of course give her all the shine uh nikki ash came in did her thing um they pretty much dominated uh i don't like one of their tandem moves was kind of dumb but the second tandem move that dewdrop and ash had with the uh uh, I guess it's the Samoa drop uh, neck breaker combination, which was pretty good. Um, but yeah, you know, it's typical underdog, very much felt like the Rock and Roll Express, you know, trying to always come out there, just come tag me in. Uh, Katana Chance took most of the abuse. Uh, Casey Carter was the one that was distracted a couple of times by Nikki A.S.H., 
Um, then, of course, uh, she comes in, gets the hot tag, and uh, Carter starts cleaning house. Um, Dewdrop comes off with an elbow. Boom. Uh, I, but, uh, hold on. Uh, Carter comes back. Uh, got caught in a uh, side slam, I think, from Dewdrop, but ended up catching uh, Dewdrop with a super kick. And then uh, at the end of the match, um, they uh, got Carter set up for the Ash Drop, which I'm not 100% sure what that is. Um, Katana Chance saved her partner. Uh, came in and broke up the count. Dewdrop was attempting to, I think, do a Dewdrop drop or the Vader splash or the Monsoon splash, whatever you want to call it. But as that happened, as she was about to do that, uh, Toxic Attraction uh, hit the ring and uh, Dolan and Jane, who I thought Dolan was injured, uh, came out and started brawling, beating up Nikki Ash. Um uh, so enough of a distraction for Team KC to come in, and uh, they hit the their finishing move, which Carter does the reverse neckbreaker, while um, uh, Kat and Zaro, Chance, whatever you want to call her, comes off with a 450 splash to the guts, and Team KC retains as your NXT Women's Tag Champions. So, okay. I'm all right with I'm all right with that. Again, huge fan of the underdog fighting from underneath. This is what they're going to do for a while until they lose it. They're going to keep fighting from underneath as to, as as uh, as champions, and they're just going to, you know, despite all odds, they're going to rise above. This is going to set up a nice feud between Toxic Attraction and Dewdrop and Nikki Ash as well, uh, possibly turning Dewdrop and Nikki Ash face. Who knows? But uh, again, great momentum throughout the night. Nothing was a slack of momentum. Nothing kept uh, stopped the pay-per-view's momentum at all and rolled it into the unification match for the NXT Championship as Braun Breaker, NXT Champion, took on Tyler Bate, the NXT UK Heavyweight Champion. The best part of this match was it was a wrestling match. I know we're allowed to say wrestling now, guys. So not only are we allowed to wrestle, allowed to say wrestling, but we're allowed to wrestle. So strap in because it's going to be fun. Um, beginning of the match, you know, was a it was everything was there. It was a perfect match. It was like the the feeling out part, testing each other's strength, testing each other where where each other's going to go. I'm sure Braun Breaker was impressed by Tyler Bates' strength because he is a big, strong boy, and he has deceptively—he is deceptively strong. Tyler Bate put on some wrestling moves. God forbid that's what you do in a wrestling rap match. And actually, uh, the the announcers, uh, Vic and uh, and uh, uh, shoot, um, Wade Barrett uh, sold it, so that's good. They sold it. Uh, that Tyler Bate was going to try to show something that Braun Breaker has never seen, which is the old school English, British, Lancaster style of catches can wrestling, which 
yeah, I'm great with that. And again, like I said earlier in the podcast, a mix of hybrid styles, like hybridization. Like I want to cross pollinate. Like I want to see more wrestling, wrestlers wrestling. I want to see more Japanese strong style. I want to see um, more lucha. I want to see little bits and pieces everywhere put in to different matches at different times. And this is the perfect time to bring the English style in, especially at the beginning when uh, Braun Breaker was kind of getting frustrated, as you can tell. Um, and then uh, after that, then they started getting more physical. Um, uh, uh, Bate actually hits a belly-to-belly -belly suplex uh, and a standing shooting star. He missed the first one that he tried, but he hit the second one, got a two count. Um and he caught even, uh, and again, Ron Breaker is doing standing Hurricane Ronas just like his dad, right? Just like his dad and his uncle. Um, actually, we'll call them Frankensteiners because we'll respect them. But uh, the second time he attempted a Frankensteiner, Tyler Bate caught him in midair and hit him with a powerbomb. So there you go. Uh, Tyler uh, Bate also at some point attempted the Tyler Driver 97, but uh, Braun fought that off. So they were just back and forth of jockeying for position and fighting out of each other's finishers, which was uh, highly entertaining and fantastic. Um, the power spot where uh, Tyler Bate uh, picked up Breaker and uh, gave him the airplane spin with the uh, into the driver to try to put him away for a two count didn't work. Uh, Braun Breaker with the Bulldog from the top rope didn't put Tyler Bate away. They sh they were firing each other's moves at each other left and right. Uh, at one point, Tyler Bate was able to put Braun Breaker in the Tyler Driver 97 and got a, the closest of two counts that I think I've seen in a while. Um, the match was laid out great, very physical, a lot of fun. Um uh Bate was able to avoid a spear from Breaker um, by giving him the uh, bop, and then he ended up giving him the bang. Uh, but Bate tried his finishing move, the uh, spring, the springing clothesline from the, the top rope, you know, the one where he launches himself and catches himself by his neck and then turns around, and he was going to hit him with the lariat off the rope, but Breaker... Uh, Got him, and uh, and speared him in midair. That was cool. Uh, there was also a uh, uh, a uh, spine buster that looked like it nearly killed Tyler Bate too. So, but no, in the end, uh, Braun Breaker comes out with the spear, and a lot of guys are doing spears. So I don't know if I want to end uh, a finishing move with a spear for Braun Breaker, but. Uh, one, two, three, and new undisputed NXT and NXT UK champion Braun Breaker with a nice show of respect at the end from Taylor Tyler Bate. It's definitely not the last you're going to see of Tyler Bate, and it's definitely not the last you're going to see of Braun Breaker. And uh, there were multiple "This is awesome" chants and "Fight Forever" chants and and "Thank you, Tyler" and just some good stuff all around from Worlds Collide. So Worlds Collide was a great, great uh, pay-per-view. Again, uh, NXT killing it in the pay-per-views, but who knows what the future is going to hold now? Who knows if the future is going to be uh, uh, with uh, 
any version of NXT. Is it going to be with NXT or is it going to be just all uh, WWE Europe and then WWE Europe is going to be the third brand? Uh, who knows? Who knows? Uh, I just feel like uh, NXT, uh, once it changed over from the black and gold brand to the weird psychedelic brand, that it lost all of its steam and uh, it couldn't recover. So uh, who knows? But... Maybe this will be the dawn of a great new era as far as uh, wrestling goes and as far as NXT goes. So hopefully the future is bright for the young lions of the WWE. And that brings my show to a close. Thanks for hanging with me, guys. I know I went straight through and I went a little long, but you know what? It's good stuff, bro, and I appreciate it. Uh, any comments that you want to make, if you have any thoughts or any ideas about what happened during NXT Worlds Collide or Clash of the Castle, you could definitely hit me up in the comments below, either on the heel and face side or the heel turn wrestling side. Um, I'll uh, check heel and face side later uh, today, and then throughout the week, I'll check the heel turn wrestling side. But if you have any comments or just tell me if you enjoyed the show, once again, you can follow me on all uh of my social medias anywhere I'm on uh, the world wide web you can just find heel and face podcast or you can go to your favorite social media streaming platform to check me out or your audio podcast platform if you can't watch the show uh, along live so hey it's me it's me the big old Stevie C Steve Castellanovo with another great show thank you for joining me on the heel and face podcast a podcast dedicated to news, information, and commentary on the world of professional wrestling. See you guys next week on a regular time, regular time, 10 in the morning, Sunday. And as always, peace. Peace.